Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? It's the uh, the Keegan Hamburg Odyssey episode three. Uh, our second attempt at this, we had a go earlier on today, but we got sidetracked with people setting themselves on fire at barbecues, SAS barbecues, no less, mm. uh, and uh, the dark net, uh, Raoul Mort, and getting into a row with One Direction at the Pride of Britain Awards. Uh, <laughs> it was a good 23 minutes. Yeah, uh, strong. That, that episode is available to everyone now as titled uh, SAS BBQ. Uh, <laughs> have a listen if you want. So now we'll try again. The Keegan Odyssey. Uh, it's the ITV documentary um, Brian Moore meets Kevin Keegan from 1979 where Brian Moore spent three months allegedly with Kevin Keegan in Germany. You can get it on the ITV hub until the 21st of June, I believe, which is a few days from now. Uh, if not, you can go on the dark net and get it along with some weapons and hard drugs. Mm. That's basically the and gist of where we dry- got NASA time. level washer dryers. And NASA level washer dryers. That's as far as we got. Um... We were just at a little bit where I was I was just about to mention we ran out of time last time. Uh, Kev was talking about Jean and he says, uh, she's never changed, never. <laughs> Sometimes I get a little bit annoyed with her. I'll give her 100 quid and say, oh, go yeah. on, get yourself some good clothes. And she'll go to the market, come back with two pullovers and a skirt, come back with about £92 change. <laughs> <laughs> Which, secretly... Because as we've discovered as this has gone on, he's obsessed with money. Mm. He's uh, He loves it, really. He says, that's the sort of wife I've got. <laughs> so, the uh, thing is, he, to me, he doesn't... He is a sort of obsessed with money, but in a way that doesn't bother me because he doesn't come across as overly flash... Uh, what he doesn't come across as, because I think this is the cardinal sin of anyone who's you know, making a few quid, is smug, right? Yeah. Yeah. Smugness is the thing. You can be rich. That's great. And, mm. you know, it's it's inspirational. Not only am I happy for you, I find it inspirational if someone's gone out and made a lot of money. But if they become smug about it, as mm. if it's a bit like, well, of course, you know, there there's something irritating about that because it's um, it, it displays sort of hubris where you sort of imagine yeah. that you're entitled to this wealth. Yeah. Uh, and you do get that even with people who are from ordinary backgrounds. Some people, mm. you know, as we've established, uh, he is from a very working class background in Doncaster. 
uh, miners in his family. Um, you know, so he's you know he's genuine rags to riches story, but he um, he he sort of I think that he's obsessed with money as you would be. A lot of people are. If you're from, if you're from like if you've been poor, yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Then of course you you have yeah. your you know a lot. Not everyone acts like this, but if you've been poor, then you you are you you are looking all the time for money making opportunities yeah, and I'd... and you don't look a gift horse in the mouth. So he is obsessed, but he's not smug. Mm. You're always looking over your shoulder as well because you remember times when you had nothing. Yeah. And you fucking desperate and never, ever go back to that. I, I've had times in my life where I've earned quite a lot of money, but I've always been constantly terrified and anxious about that money. The Rightly level. so, because I've lost all of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was right to worry. <laughs> Every time I've had it, I've lost it. Come on. Don't <laughs> mind. Uh, we've got the IFS now, haven't we? <laughs> back yeah, all our true. lifestyles. Yeah. All good. Um so yeah, he sends he sends her off to the market with a hundred pounds and maybe a bag of magic beans. Who knows? <laughs> Go down the market, Jane. Let's <laughs> come back with two pullovers and a skirt. Come back with about ninety-two pound change. Listen, one of the things that I wanted to say about this, which we haven't talked about enough, we talked a lot about his uh, bum chin, right? Which chin a lot of a lot of listeners have been, uh, uh, you know, got in touch to say that it was all they could focus on when he was it's, talking. It's hard, not and it's, yeah. it's something that I've never. When people think about Kevin Keegan, whether it's old Keegan or latter day Keegan, mm. they talk about his hair and so on but never about his chin. But now you sort of think his chin is it should have been his defining characteristic. Maybe that's why he had his hair in such an outlandish style chin to distract. Mm. But the thing about this documentary, what's really uh, one of the many incredible things about it that make you think all the way through, this could never happen today. The world's most famous footballer, possibly Britain's number one, mm. Britain and Germany's number one celebrity, irrespective of, you know, sport. Uh, it is so candid, right? And the access is so extreme and intimate. But yeah. in the main interview, they, there's obviously one main interview where he's done a long sit down, right? Yeah. And they've done it in his sitting room at mm-hmm. his rig in Hamburg, right? Brian Miller appears to be the questioner. But we don't know because this, you never see sure. him. We don't see him. Or hear him. But whoever oh, it is do. he's we talking do, we, to. We do hear him at one point. But it might just be dubbed on from London. Dubbed on. I don't know. Who, whoever it is, whether it's Brian or someone else, it's they've they've they're brilliant at interviewing because they've uh, they've managed to lull Kev into this sort of. It's almost like he's doing therapy, and this is the bit I'm building up to. <laughs> the angle of the shot is just something you will never see in any other form of television because everyone always wants the camera ideally slightly higher than them because it's more flattering, yeah. right? Kevin Keegan is slumped, right slumped on the sofa, in a way that I myself, it's my favoured sofa position, right? His posture's terrible, isn't it? Terrible posture, that's like me on the sofa. He's completely, he's sort of straight with his feet right out in front of him and his head really low down on the backrest of the sofa, right? Mm. And the camera is pointing upwards at him. So in the foreground, all you see is his massive bum chin. First thing you approach, isn't it? And he is totally... and the. If you didn't know better, you would think the electric mouse was high, right? Because he looks like a sort of a cliched stonehead. Do you remember, like, Fat Freddy? Uh, is it called the, the Freak Brothers? Yeah. Right? It was sort of like a cartoon from, from the Freak Brothers because he's slumped down. He's just saying all this sort of really amazing, meandering thoughts. Like, mm. yeah, that's me done with football. I mean, things that no one ever says. That's yeah. me done with football. 
That's me. In 1982, he says that I I have no intention or desire to continue with football. That'll be me done. And it's incredible because they're intercutting this with a man who is at the peak of his powers. And mm. by the way, who doesn't play like you know an Eric Cantona who sort of rejected football. And even when he was at his brilliant best, he looked like a man who could take it or leave it. Keegan, when you see him on the pitch, looks like a man who lives and breathes football with every inch of his being yeah. in every second of his life, right? But he sat there going, yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably just quit. He goes, what I want to do is I want to captain England at the World Cup in 1982 yeah. and win the World Cup. And I want to lift the World Cup in Spain. And then say to all of my fans in the footballing world, thanks a lot for having me. That's me done. Yeah. And it's sort of... And you're sitting there and he goes, in my life, he goes, that's my dream. He goes, but I'm luckier than most people in the world. He goes, because in my life, practically every dream I've had has come true. He goes, my dream was to play yeah. professionally, and I did. My dream was to play for Liverpool, and I did. My, t- my dream was to play for England, and I did. My dream was to captain England, and I did. And, my- and then I came to the Bundesliga, and I thought, well, it would be a lovely dream to win with Hamburg, but I never for one moment thought it was possible. We won it twice. <laughs> <laughs> but do, do you think he was? He had the foresight to realise that his, his game was based on his phenomenal work rate and energy, and that he realised he would get to an age where that wouldn't be there anymore, or it would start to fall away? And he just well, thought, he, I'll go out at the top. Yeah, that's why he was saying 82. So I don't know what happened. As we now know, he he, left, he retired in 1984 because he had his last yeah. hurrah at he did, uh, but Newcastle. Those last two seasons were in the second division with Newcastle. Yeah. So it was almost as if kind of, I'll drop down to this level where I'll still be the big fish in the little I've pond. I've got one other dream. I signed yeah. for Newcastle, score 100 goals down in epoxy division two and then fly away <laughs> on a helicopter. <laughs> Because, I mean, when he left Hamburg, he went to Southampton and nobody saw that coming. He, 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 he's he got this tendency in his life to do things that are unusual challenges that he doesn't, mm. he doesn't, he confounds expectations. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. He went to Hamburg, nobody saw that coming because he yeah. was at Liverpool, they were in their pomp, winning the European Cup and all that sort of thing. Went to Hamburg, nobody had done that before. Came back to England, went to Southampton. Southampton were a decent team. They were top six, top eight. But nobody but still, saw that coming. But still, you, you know, he's saying. I mean, these are the mad things. I know I've got a bit ahead of where you, you've um, you've watched it, Tony. But it's like it's so amazing the final bit of it that I watched today. It's like I, I'm sort of buzzing about it because you can't imagine the equi- modern equivalent would be Cristiano Ronaldo, right? Yeah. Imagine Cristiano Ronaldo yeah. sitting there, right, and saying, With his uh, you know, him saying. Yeah, I can't see myself staying at Juventus. This will be it. Whether we win the league or the European Cup or not, I'll be gone. Mm. I don't know where I'll go. But that's what he says. He's sitting yeah. there and he's just saying to Brian Moore or whoever Brian Moore's got sat there in his place, <laughs> right? His proxy. Brian, Brian Moore, Moore proxy. Good good idea for a spy book, by the way. The Let's Brian write that Moore down. Proxy. The Brian Moore proxy. <laughs> Maybe it's just an episode of the Jeffrey Chichester I dossiers. Think it might be. Yeah. And he goes, I. He said, I am. Um, he goes, yeah. I mean, we could win the F- we could win the league again and the European Cup, but I'm gone. That's me done. Mm. Uh, I don't know where I'll go. And then he starts going. You know, Barcelona came to me at Christmas. Imagine a modern player just speaking openly like this. Barcelona yeah. came. So did an American club. One of them offered to double my wages. Another one offered to treble my wages. Then some. Uh, you know, some. Uh, what did they say? Uh, Arab club came to me, and I said, I said to them, I said. 
listen, there is no way I'm coming out there. I'm moving my gene out there, as he says, <laughs> for less than £1 million a year. <laughs> and they said, well, we'll be in touch then. So I don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, He's so open. He goes, so I mean, you know, Barcelona, America. Now, the problem is, with the only thing about going out there to the Middle East, if they pay me a million pounds, great, I'd be mad not to take it. But if Ron Greenwood turns around to me and says, Kev, if you go out there playing the Middle East, that's you done with England. Well, I'll have to turn it down because I can't ever see myself not wanting mm. to play for England. That's what he says. Well, he kind of thought that he would still be playing for England after he went to Newcastle, didn't he? And then Bobby Robson left him out. And that was yeah, a big... Yeah, he was pretty pissed really off about him, that. Didn't it? Yeah. So, uh, but I'm looking at a, a thing about when he signed for Newcastle. It's from Laurie McMenemy's autobiography. And he says, I tried to persuade him to stay. Uh, I offered him the opportunity to be our European ambassador. He was not interested. Was it money? No. Was it something about his contract? No. Uh, he says, the decider came when he put it to me. He, if he was not allowed to leave, he would end his career there and then. <laughs> his words, <laughs> as I remember them, were, if I'm not allowed to leave, I'll hang up my boots. <laughs> and he would have done. He, he would have done. done. Yeah, he would have done. Totally. The, ma- the main thing in this doc as well is the speed... I mean, you, you see him on the pitch, and he's like a, a whirling dervish. Mm. Um, but the but that's the way he lives his life as well. It is, and he's and he's and his wife Jean is going. Well, it's actually can be a bit annoying because you know <laughs> he's hardly ever here, and when he does turn up, he's the messiest person I've ever met. I could have that now spick and span, <laughs> and within moments of him coming home, it's like a bomb's hit it. Right, <laughs> and he goes, and and he never he never stops. I, I would like him to put his feet up yeah. and savor all the things he's achieved, but he just can't live like that. And it's it. fucking true. He yeah. is non-stop businesses, yeah. right? Uh, appear personal appearances, but plays with a man uh, uh, the energy of a fucking six-year-old, right? Yeah, Playing yeah. in the garden, and you do think this man. Some people are born with extra energy, and the secret to their success is largely just the extra amount of energy mm. they have. You, you're born with an extra dose, and he's one of them. Totally. Because you see him, he is non-stop. He, he's here, there, and everywhere, flying around on private jets, doing all these business opportunities, never sitting down and relaxing, and then wins the league. The whole stadium at Hamburg are singing his name. Like, they love him. They think he's the best player in the world, which he probably was. And mm. then he's there at the official fucking championship present you know where they all turn up on a balcony and there's about ten thousand bloody well, let's hamburg not, let's fans. not run ahead of ourselves because we've got all that to come right, right? we've got uh, talking about the relationship with gene there we're just a bit where he says uh he's talking about all this stuff that he does and he says it's hard to leave them and then he says then he starts talking about marriage and i think you get asked about whether it's a, it's a typical marriage that they've got and he says uh, i don't know i don't know about that i don't talk to other people about marriage <laughs> I mean, I don't know who he talks to. You don't know who his friends are. Do you know what I mean? There's no yeah. mention of friends or anyone else outside friends. of his. his Even in, in the circle. book, other than Terry Mack. Terry Mack, yeah, of course. Right. He doesn't really talk about friends much at all, does no. he? No, no. He says, I don't talk to other people about marriage. I've read books. So <laughs> he's, he's read books. I don't know when <laughs> he gets time to read books. I read and marriage does, books, obviously. He does. He does the books that he reads are about marriage. I don't uh, know. Don't, don't get me wrong, Brian. I know how to do it. <laughs> I know how to do it. Look at I me now. That. I'm happily married. Look. I bet. 
Look at her. Don't, I learned it from the bigger lads in the playground. And then I read a couple of books. Obviously, I asked my dad about it, but he wasn't he wasn't a very open man. So I had to learn for myself. And Jean, to be fair to Jean, I'll give her credit where it's you. She's she had me to along. Give, she had to give me a helping hand along the way. She's just but, some new techniques. Now it works perfectly efficiently. <laughs> but then he says, he says, we're like really good friends. And she looks Ooh. at him. She gives him a look when he says that. What? Yeah. <laughs> and mm. then he says, we love each other. <laughs> and then he sort of giggles nervously. That reminded yeah. me of that famous interview with Prince Charles and Lady yeah, yeah, Di. Yeah. yeah. Well, we are in love, whatever love means. Whatever that like means. That. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Angry but then he says a weird Keegan's. thing. He says, he says, I could never get away with the things I get away with with another woman who wasn't used to it. Oh, what does that mean? <laughs> I assume it's just a surface thing and it just means his lifestyle and, you know, Everything he does, whereby he's out of the house and he's earning all the, all the door, and mm. Jane has to take care of things. She's an old fashioned housewife. She is. Mother. I feel a bit sorry for her because I wonder whether or not she's lonely because the house looks. It's a lovely mm. rig they've got, but it's quite remote. It's gated, mm. and they've got these dogs. Um, I think they're called Heidi and Oliver, the two <laughs> the, the two English sheep dogs, right? Yeah, and like he goes, oh, Jane loves them. I don't know what Jean would do. I think we would have lost I think we would have lost it without these dogs around. They're part of the family. Jalapeño. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jalapeño. But Jean refers to Laura Jean, the daughter. She refers to her as her little friend, Ooh. which I think is quite telling as well. And that so she talks to. Yeah. What's her, she called again? Laura Jane? Laura Jean, yeah. What was that, Laura Jane? Do you think we should open a bottle of wine? But it's only <laughs> three o'clock. I suppose you're right. It's Thursday. It's almost the weekend. <laughs> what you know the hell? More. Get the lead prowl milk out. And he said... Oh, I'll get it myself. He <laughs> said... Jean knew I was a footballer when we got married, and we've grown used to it. We used to go shopping in Liverpool and we get recognised. Then we started going shopping in Manchester, and then London, and we get recognised there. And it happens in Germany now as well. Yeah, he fucking loves it. He absolutely yeah. loves it. Oh, of course he does. Of course he does. Um, and why not? You know, again, we having read the book, you you wouldn't know this from watching mm. the documentary. I mean, some people might assume because you know footballers, particularly in those days, all did come from quite working class backgrounds, but. If we know what his background is like, and I just think, of course, you're not going to fucking sit there and look any gift horses in the mouth. Do you know what I mean? He's having the time of his absolute life. However, 
it is true that you need in order to reach a state of spiritual you need to nurture your spirit and your soul and in order to do that you do need to be comfortable with doing nothing and sometimes people who are constantly on the go like and he's the best example of anyone like that i've ever like heard of they they do it partly as a distraction or a sticking plaster from confronting other things pain exactly how how do you switch off an electric mouse You, you can't that's it you cannot switch By an electric mouse off. It cannot be switched off. He goes at one point, he goes, people seem to assume, people are always telling me you've got to slow down. I think people assume that one day I'm just going to drop dead. He went, even, even, he said, um, the, he said, even the, um, what does he call it? He, he goes, Bill Shankly is the only man that I really listen to. And mm. even he said, Kev, you fucking if, you neck ca- in, Kev. If, if, if you carry on, like this, at this speed, right? And with these level of commitments to 1982, then you will burn out. And he said, and Bill Shankly's one man who's, I've hung in his every word, but in this case, I hope it to be the first example of me proving Shank's wrong. (laughs) He had no intention of slowing down. But there's that bit there we mentioned, we touched on last episode where he's he's talking about the early six months at Hamburg. And he's mm. saying uh, about the players rejecting him and everything. He says, I'd go, I'd go in, I'd say, good morning, V-Gates. And they'd just turn away. I was beginning to wonder if I was speaking right or if they were even all deaf. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I thought I was going to crack up. It was the only time oh. of my life. This is a quite telling thing that he says. It was the only time of my life when I wasn't in control of everything. Oh. Uh, oh. The only time in his life that comes I mean, no, I, think back to, I think back to The Undertakers. Where he was I in control of those corpses, bodies. Wasn't he? I had all these corpses and it was like I actually was a puppeteer of like human dead beings. <laughs> I felt like God. Well, talking about a God complex, I'm not going to blow this now because it comes right at the end. But there are certain things he says when he's <laughs> looking to the future and his future ambitions towards the end of this episode that sound like you and I have made it up. For the sake of laughs, right? Let's just say his ambition knows no bounds whatsoever oh. at this stage. He's like, but again, you can understand it. Everything he does, he keeps saying it like he can't quite believe it. He goes, everything I've ever wished for has happened. And that's why when he does talk about winning the World Cup, you can see it's actually a bit sad, really, because it's 79. English clubs at this stage are dominant in Europe and have been for quite a long time, right? Yeah. Kevin Keegan's the best player in the world and he knows that there's other great players at that point like Trevor Brookin and Brian Robson and so on playing in this team, right? Mm. And so he's thinking to himself, I, you can tell that he just is all not taking it for granted, but he thinks it's, let's say, very likely that England will win the World Cup because yeah. his point of view is, well, everything, everywhere I go, I mean, I came to Hamburg, they're a mid-table side, we've won the league twice since I arrived. Everywhere I go... Landers. Yeah. Everywhere I go, we end up winning. Mm. And England have got a good team. And the World Cup's in Spain, which isn't far away. So, obviously, we will win that because I will be the captain and we will he, win. He probably had one eye on doing that with Southampton as well, winning trophies with Southampton when he went there. Because it was that kind of thing where they weren't the top club, but they were just in that lower tier. So, and he, he wanted would to drag repeat them to the glory. same thing he did with Hamburg because yeah. they were like exactly. British Hamburg. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he thinks that he was responsible for Liverpool you know rising up in the mid 70s well he he was to a large extent wasn't he i to mean he was degree, i know they had, more they had a, that but yeah, the, yeah was but he was their, he was their star man mm. during that era wasn't he 
Yeah. Well, I don't know. God complex. Who knows? So he was talking about wanting to fight his fellow players in training. Um, and then there was that friendly that we mentioned last time where you see him getting the red card and you see the player lying on the ground. I smashed his face in. He's punched him twice. I don't regret it. He was an idiot. <laughs> he does, didn't he? Yeah. How he does he get away You with do that? that again, boy. Yeah. You do <laughs> that again, down. boy. He's a very much small man complex. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. like, no one's going to take the mickey out of me just because I'm small. I'm powerful. Have you seen a powerful mice? A powerful mouse when it loses its temper is shocking. He's, right? he's, and he's probably, you know, because he, he, he got into football late by regular standards. Mm. And he probably thought, well, you know, I've been good enough all along to be doing this and I've lost out on certain years when mm. I was down in, was it Doncaster he was playing for? Originally? Scunthorpe. Scunthorpe. And he probably thinks that's probably why he's trying to grasp everything as quickly as possible. Because mm. he's making up for lost time. Absolutely right, and yeah. He, he knows no bounds to his, not his ambition, but his abilities and his capabilities. Yeah. So there's that yeah, as well. Yeah, there's, there's a scene where they show him training with England, which is a fascinating scene. And he goes, listen, he went, when I was back in Doncaster, right, a kid in the year below me got picked over me for the county boys team. <laughs> he went... And, like, who would have thought then that I would end up being captain of England? Well, I am captain of England. I mean, it's just incredible. And that he boy... Goes, so I'd it, say to anyone, anything's possible. That boy, he was a year younger than me and he got picked for the county team. And I'll tell you this, I have never had a proper night's sleep since that day. And, and do you know where, is where he, he is now? Do you know where he is now? He's in jail. That's where he is. And I helped put him there. That's uh, all I'm people, saying. People say I framed him. I didn't frame him. He knew what he was doing. Did I help? Did I help the, the police force with key pieces of evidence to convict him? Yes, I did. But that did was I, that was me doing my civic duty. Did I oil the wheels of justice in some way? Perhaps I did. But you know, <laughs> people are responsible. Every action has a reaction. Yes, and you are always responsible as an adult for your own actions. Now he knew what he was doing when he broke the speed limit on Doncaster High Street by a good five miles per hour. It was unsafe and irresponsible, and he deserves to rot in jail. <laughs> so then, uh, so then he's talking about that first six months again with Hamburg, and Gunter Netzer, who was obviously former German national midfielder, and uh, he was the general manager at Hamburg by this point. He was the Ben Galloway to Kev's Roy Race. Almost, yeah. if you like. Uh, it says, Gunter Netzer came to me and said, and I said, I want to get away. I don't fit in with this team. And he said, what if I promised that you make it fit together with this team? What if I promise you that I make it fit together? He says, I've, I said, you've got till the end of the season to convince me. He said, that's all I need. <laughs> <laughs> so he's gone don't to his line manager. That. He's gone Bloody to Gunter Netzer. And he said, I've had it. I'm off. Yeah. Something about Gunter Netzer. I did a little bit of research into him, so I oh, want to yeah. know how he'd become general manager as opposed to, you know, coach or manager. Yeah. And according to his Wikipedia entry, after his career as a player, Netzer offered to publish Hamburg's Stadium magazine. <laughs> <laughs> he had, yeah, I got a, I got a proposition played. for you guys. <laughs> he played, as a player, he played for Borussia Mönchengladbach, Real Madrid. Never played for Hamburg. Had no connections with him as far as I can see. But yeah. he retired and he thought, oh, right, not, what can I do now? Yeah, I will go and publish a magazine for Hamburg. I'll make some calls. Make it happen, yeah. So there we are. 
and the president of Hamburg agreed on the condition that Netzer also became general manager. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's just good. It's a good it's deal cool. for me. Yeah. It's, it's cool, good, okay for you, good, okay for me. Let's do it. Yeah. But also, as well as a magazine, you'll become general manager, hey? Yeah? And, <laughs> uh, okay. You run the, How about you... Hey, how about... I, I look at your offer. I like it. I like your ideas for the magazine. It's good. <laughs> but uh, how about we go one step further? You run the whole fucking show. <laughs> Will I still get to do the magazine? Uh, the, I suppose so. You do the magazine, you buy the place, you do what the hell you want. How about that? Yeah, okay, as long as I get to do the magazine, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Magazine come first, I do all the other stuff, you know, <laughs> evenings and weekends. The magazine has to take priority. <laughs> Got big plans. <laughs> <laughs> this center spread in colour. Can you believe it? Ah, <laughs> uh, crossword. And get this, get this. You ready for this? Horoscopes. Yeah, yeah. People love horoscopes, right? But they come on their Matchday magazine. It's all football, football, football. People want to know what's going to happen in the future in their lives. Get this as well. Interviews with fans, but not regular fans, celebrity fans. Actors, singers, who knows? But they're celebrities, but they're also fans. Two pages, (laughs) 24 and 25 each issue. The Englishman, the Englander. Hey, Keegan, you get him take his shirt off, take nice photos, the girls love it. <laughs> Black and white, car light, doesn't matter. So, yeah, Gunnanetta. Uh, Gunnanetta said, I'll sort it out. I'll make you fit together well, with his team. Ver- very enterprising. But he doesn't ever reveal what Netzer did. That's the no. interesting thing, is that basically he paints a vivid picture, which we also get in the mm. book, about how tough it was and, and what bastards the Germans were to him when he yeah. arrived. Yeah. Because he was an outsider and they knew how much he was being paid and it fucked them all off and they were really mean to him, right? But, really mean. And then he goes, I had this confrontation with Gunter Netzer and he said, I'll fix it. And then they skip over the bit about how it was fixed. And then he goes, now everyone loves me and we'll keep winning the league. So it all yeah. turned out all right in the end. Well, he doesn't want to give any credit to Ian Netzer or whoever or whatever the remedies were that Netzer brought in. It was a pay he rise, He doesn't want to give them... It was Any a pay rise. house space whatsoever. Maybe, maybe they all got pay rises. I don't know. Because if well, they were yeah, that bothered maybe. about the the wage disparity, maybe that was the only way to fix it. Yeah. Either that, or they realised that this bloke was going to basically make them all champions. And yeah. they were players who had never before thought themselves in that category. Mm. And they thought, if we get behind this bloke, then we're all going to end up with Bundesliga medals. Yeah. You know? I don't know if he brought in one or two other players or not. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But um, in the book it said "das Kopf bomber" or something like that. Do you remember "cock bomber"? "Cock bomber." That's "cock bomber." <laughs> this is a German word from Bavaria. It <laughs> means <laughs> the good man. Gunnar said, "I've had an idea. I'll put an ad in the magazine for new players. See if anyone wants to write in and apply for the jobs." <laughs> I will be specific about the roles that we require to improve our team. Wanted, Koch bomber. <laughs> Don't worry, the German people know this word, what it means. It's very, very it means a man word. who is very, how do you say, strong. Very strong in the team. <laughs> he, yeah. he is strong and he, he makes other men feel very humble in his yeah. presence. And very insecure. Yes? That's Koch bomber. That is what we need b- beside Herr Kigan, yeah? <laughs> Wanted cock bomber. I will put it for on page first five. team. 
I'll put it on page five. Obviously, page three, we got the naked girl. But page five, <laughs> I'll put the advert for the cock bomber. I mean, it won't just be an advert. It will be a two-page spread. And everyone will want to get involved and join in. Here is another good idea for the magazine. Readers send in stories about awkward things that have happened to them. We call the feature cringe. Yeah, and the Uh people write in. They say things like, oh, I was putting on my makeup when my best friend's older brother walked in and it was very cringe, yeah? And these are the stories that people will react to. Very well. And everyone send them in. So cringe, we do this over two pages. Another story where a guy, he puts on his wife's tights and he likes to drive around at night. But he got stopped by the police. That's a real cringe moment. A real cringe, cringe, yeah? So we have that. Is Maybe we give four pages. I don't know. It depends on audience reaction. But brace yourself for a big mailbag next month, yeah? <laughs> I really want us to now do an issue of Guns and Metz's Hamburg Matchday Magazine. Yeah. yeah, we'll do it. All done in sort of 70s type places and yeah. illustrations and things. Oh, yeah, I'm really up for that. It as a fanzine with letter set and photo yeah. Because that was all it They wouldn't give him any resources to do it because he was busy being general manager. Kevin, um, Kevin, I have dealt with your problem. Look, I have done it with the new article in this magazine. Wait, not everything can be fixed by that blessed magazine of yours, Gunter. <laughs> you say that, but I have a very high success rate so far. <laughs> Flaming at Gunter, I'm sick of hearing about it. <laughs> uh, that's it for this one. Uh, we'll get on next time to Kev's uh, uh, success at making money at the autograph hours of local businesses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's also, we'll be introduced to his business manager, Harry. Hopefully, oh, which is hold superb. tight for that because Harry's a legend. Please, if you've only got a few days left, I think get a look at it on TV Hub before it disappears. It's on there. It's called Brian Moon meets Kevin Keegan. Have a look, and it's bloody brilliant. If you can't download it, I don't know, use your phone and just video it off the screen. Yeah, <laughs> you've got I'd it forever. Say. Come or on, your grown ups, you can work it out. Yeah, of course you can. Or look at the dark net. Right, that's it. Thanks for listening. Uh, hope it's been all right. Take the FN. All the best. Nice to see ya. Ta-da! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.